All of you are searching for significance. You're searching for a purpose. There is a passion and a yearning that says to you, there's more to this. There's more to this. God never intended for us to just exist. God provided for each and every one of us an opportunity to do something that He has positioned us to do. You have a call on your life. It's my passion to see you connect with your passion. It'll change your life. So basically, I want to talk about the church. And I want to, want to start off by saying I'm, I'm not here to pull down anybody. I'm not here to criticize. I may critique, but I'm not here to navigate my way nicely with a big hatchet and start lopping people off at the knees. That's not what I'm here for. I, I don't need to do that. That doesn't benefit me at all. There's too much negativity out in the world anyway. Who needs more of that? <clears throat> but what I would like to address is the vision of the church, where it is now, and where I believe I see it going in the future, if it doesn't change. But if it does change, I believe that the future is very bright for the body of Christ. We are at a crossroads, and I think we've been at a crossroads probably for the last 10 or 15 years but it takes time for it to evolve. It takes time for it to be uh, brought in the face or in front of individuals so that they can have the information at hand and take the time and expend the energy to figure out, is this the direction we want to go? And I've, I've been involved in the church for, and I calculated this the other day, 32 years, where I have been actively involved in doing one thing or another, from significant roles to less significant roles. So I was always wearing one hat, several hats, or a different hat. And this brought me to really understand and see things, how they would operate from in front of the platform and behind the scenes. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not here to expose anybody's secrets or anything like that. It's just some of the things that I've seen and I would like to bring it out and maybe I'm voicing what you're thinking and feeling, but maybe you don't feel comfortable sharing this. So <clears throat> I believe the church is, like I said, at this pivotal place where they can either move out from within the four walls where they are planted and change the landscape of the marketplace they can change the viewpoint of Babylon by implementing and embedding themselves within these spheres of influence. Because on my personal observations, I've seen through my experience where I've been involved in the church that everything I did revolved around what was taking place. Was it within inside the doors? Was it within inside the four walls? And I really never knew that I had a purpose and a place outside of that because I thought what I did and in, in being involved in the church was putting me in a place of significance and success and accountability and it would get me accolades and appreciation, a handshake and a pat on the back. 
And I really thought I was doing the will of God. And so as the years pass by, I really took inventory and took account of everything that I did and looked upon it with almost like a, 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 surgical, uh, <laughs> a surgical operation and saying, I did this in this season. Uh, what did I achieve? I did this in this other season. Um, what did I get from it? And I'm not saying that everything was a waste of time because there were times where I was able to develop leadership skills within me, which is part of what I do. And so I recognize that. But I became so entrenched within the four walls and I looked upon the world outside of those four walls, four walls, try saying that after a few, right? And so my vision was obscured. It was tainted. It was, it was like I was only looking through the top part of my glasses, but the remaining part was, it was too blurry. And after many, many years of serving and giving, which is important, don't get me wrong, serving and giving is a part of your development when you are called into leadership and you want to be a part of the body because it's important to support another man's vision or another woman's vision, right? Okay, so we got that clear. But I recognized that my significance of who I was as a person was to be a voice outside of the church, speaking into the church. And it gives you a different perspective when you're looking in as opposed to looking from within out. And so I know that some of you have followed me for a few years, and you know I talk about the seven mountains and being in positions of influence in the marketplace. And, you know, that this message is going to be on point with some of those things, but it's also going to be directed towards the fivefold ministry. And when we look at the fivefold ministry in the book of Ephesians, where it said some are called that God has brought the fivefold as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for works of service, right? Or different versions have a little bit different um, bent on that with different uh, wording. But the interpretation is pretty much the same. But in my case, I understood that scripture as being that the apostles and the prophets would speak into my life and the pastors and the teachers would build upon that uh, principle within that landscape so I could become more effective within the church and within the body of Christ. And the only thing that would operate outside of the four walls would be missions, would be outreach, would be helping the poor, feeding the poor, taking care of the widows and orphans, and just being somebody that, that could give of their life to help others. And absolutely, that's absolutely part of the commission. However, I've come to recognize that there is more to that. And I want to explain from my understanding and from the Word of God that I've read, from books that people have read and from ministers that I've follow, followed for many, many years. And 
when we come to Christ, we accept him into our lives, and it's, it's, if I could paint a picture for you, we are presented with a key to an ornate door that stands before us where we are given this phenomenal miracle to turn this key, open the door, and enter into a relationship with God in the kingdom of God. And this has been the principle that has been established, uh, the foundations of salvation, where we accept Christ into our lives and we embrace him as Lord and Savior. The, the difficulty is that I see a lot of believers walk through that doorway, cross over that threshold, embracing the gospel of salvation, and yet they only enter in to the kingdom of God by maybe 10 or 15 feet because they operate and stick around and posture themselves in that threshold of the gospel of salvation and have not fully embraced the gospel of the kingdom. And as you walk through that doorway, if you can visualize this, the kingdom of God represents a picturesque landscape of everything that is whole, pure, healthy, strong, vibrant, abundant, successful, influential, everything that is good, prosperous, and good for you as a person, as an individual, mind, body, soul, and spirit. And yet, we don't venture deep into the kingdom. We, we surface our position on just the gospel of salvation. And I'm certainly not downplaying that. Please understand me because the gospel of, the sal of salvation is the key to that door to the kingdom. That's your entry point. That is the place where you enter through before your life, before mankind, and before everybody that's around you, that they can see that demonstration as you walk through that door. But why do we stay there? Why do we only venture in a couple of feet? And why do we stay within the four walls of safety within the church, expecting all of society, all of culture to change by coming to us when we know for sure, because as Jesus did, he walked amongst them. He went out into the marketplace. He transformed culture and society and environment wherever he went. Jesus sat in the temple to teach. He sat in the temple to bring about a kingdom message. He sent his disciples to preach and speak to churches in specific places, but they in turn also transformed culture and community because what they did was, did not just reside within the four walls. We have taken a posture over the last, I'm going to say 40 years, if my math is correct, maybe I'm off a few years, but back in the early 70s, when we had great movements that came about in the body of Christ, but there were certain principles that were established by certain authors that told us about the coming of the Lord and that we are to prepare from an eschatology standpoint, 
where we have been taught that Christ is coming and that we are to pack our bags and get ready. And I know that the Lord is coming at some point. But unfortunately for some of us, we have positioned ourselves and stayed on that particular roundabout and said, I'm going to just do my work in the church I'm going to be a good person, and I'm going to wait for the Lord to return. Well, you know what? The sad part about that is he may not return in your lifetime. And we look upon the, the, the landscape of what's going, in, going on around the world and upon that particular theater of operation, and we keep declaring the Lord's returning, the Lord's returning. Well, Maybe he is. Maybe he'll come tonight. I think there's a bunch more stuff that needs to be done before he returns, but wouldn't you have thought the people during the uh, Civil War would have thought the same thing? The Lord is coming. Wouldn't you have thought that people during the First and Second World Wars would have thought the exact same thing with all the destruction and death and chaos and famine and pestilence and just uh, obliterating destruction, wouldn't you have thought that they would have said the same thing? What about the Vietnam War? What about the Crimean War? What about all the wars that have taken place and all the unrest in the climate and all the catastrophes that have been taking place? You know, the law says these are signs of the Lord's return. It didn't say this will happen. Jesus is going to show up the next day. It is unto the body of Christ to come out from amongst the four walls and adaptively operate within their gift, talents, and abilities that God has given them, that they have postulated themselves in the pews of churches where they sit upon their dreams, their passions, and their desires where their talents, of, their talents of gifts and abilities only operate within the church, where they should be formulating a plan to move into society using everything that they have been given to make a difference in culture, where we can demonstrate the kingdom of God and cause there to be such an atmospheric um, change that manipulates the environment for the kingdom of God to operate in such a tangible way that we see people and places change. Our whole premise has been go out, preach the gospel, get people saved, bring them into the church. Can I say that that still resides around the gospel of salvation, which is important, but it's not the entirety of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is about discipling nations, the Great Commission. Disciple nations in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Discipling nations is being involved in every area of society where you work and where you operate. It's not meant for you to just have a 9 to 5 or an 8 to 4 or a, 
in my case, a 5.30 to 3 o'clock job every single day, five, six days a week, where you bring home a paycheck and then you have your hallelujah moments in the church and then you go back to your job on Monday where you come across people, you encourage them, you're a light, you, maybe you preach to them, maybe your, maybe your appearance, maybe the way you carry yourself is, is very effective to people, which is awesome. But are you affecting the place where you are with the kingdom of God, or are you actively engaged in the use of the gifts and talents that you have at your disposal that you were given at birth? When I reference the fivefold ministry, I hear a lot of apostles. I know some in this region that are more about the title than they are about the mantle. And if you are an apostle, don't tell me how many churches respond to you or how many churches see you as their leader. Show me the change because of the mantle that you carry there's been in culture where these churches are. Show me the change in the community that you have brought about because of the commissioning of God speaking over a church, bringing the word of the Lord, bring about an administration of the government of God where you actively engage in community and in culture and in society to bring about a demonstration of the kingdom of God. And it goes beyond food programs. It goes beyond clothing programs. It goes beyond giving food. It goes on about being implemented and embedded in society with the call of God on your life. And in regards to the prophets, the prophetic, which I am very much accustomed to, as some of you know. If you are a prophet, do not go around with a puffed up chest saying, I'm delivering the word of the Lord and I spoke over this person and that I've given this and I've given that. Show me, tell me the blueprint, the program of a deliverable uh, plan to change a community where you have pinpointed individuals within a congregation saying you're called into the political region within this city or within this state where you will make an impact in the lives of others and initiate and influence individuals with the kingdom of God. I've called you as a business owner where you are to be actively engaged within a, a core group of other business owners where you can re, bring in re, a restructuring of community buildings and, and you, you can develop it and raise up other leaders. I've called you to be involved in the art and entertainment industry where, where you will write music and stand on platforms and demonstrate the Word of God. I, I have called you to operate in, in key positions where you will be as a Joseph and a, and a Daniel 
to people in leadership and people in positions of authority where you will bring the word of the Lord into their lives and that they will change around their businesses to impact this entire state because of the influence of God and the, the anointing that is upon your life which will be in right positioning to influence the key individuals that you come in contact to. You will be a Joseph unto a Pharaoh. You will be a, a, a Daniel unto, who was it, Darius or whoever he was, or and, and Nebuchadnezzar and, and so many of the prophetic so many of those that are involved and there are some phenomenal men and women out there that are bringing about influential marketplace prophetic culture by changing that landscape of being all engrossed within the four walls that they're now releasing and loosing people into their authentic assignment and the design that God has established in their life. There are no longer dancing around the altars, having a hallelujah moment every Sunday morning and going back to their nine to five jobs, bored and depressed and can't wait for the refill on next Sunday. But they have taken a hold of a kingdom principle that God has deposited within their lives to infect the climate, to infect the environment because of the very drive, dream and passion in their lives. As you can tell, I'm very passionate about this, and I wish I had a bottle of water because I'm running dry. <clears throat> I don't want to keep belaboring this point, and I believe that you hear my heart, and these are changes that I desire in my own life first. These are desires I, I, I seek to see in the body of Christ. These are desires where I have been in houses of worship and I have seen individuals sitting in pews, listening to the word of the Lord and being inspired by the man or woman of God delivering the message, which, you know, in most places, it's really, really good. It's on point. But what are the people doing? And it is the responsibility as I've just described with the apostles and the prophets, to come into local, community, regional churches to bring about community transformation by speaking over a congregation. And it is a responsibility of those in leadership within these churches, the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists, to recognize those individuals that they have in their congregation that carry significant calls upon their life where it is outside of the church, but it is directed towards influencing culture and being very specific when it comes to being a target where the kingdom of God is going to be launched into certain arenas. <clears throat> It is the responsibility of the ministry within the local churches to take a hold of key people that are recognized to be developed, to be, to be nurtured, and to embrace their vision. You see, ladies and gentlemen, and if there are any ministers out there listening to this, it's not about 
it's not all about your vision and your house. It's about God's vision. Unfortunately, when it comes to the church, we have allowed a single vision to drive that community of believers as we follow one man or one woman or a group of leaders. And we are consciously or unconsciously expected to follow that vision and lay aside ours. What if I'm inspired to be a multi-million dollar business owner? Am I going to be told, well, that's selfish because you're pursuing mammon? Or am I going to be embraced by the simple fact that you can bring me in contact with other multimillionaires that have done this, wrote the book, bought the t-shirt, made the movie, so I can be inspired from them. Would you stand beside me and encourage me? Not because you see the wealth that I'm going to make to, to propagate your vision, but to see the wealth that I'm going to generate to change my community for the kingdom of God by building projects, by innovation, by impartation, by funding kingdom initiatives. It is the responsibility of pastors, teachers, and evangelists within the body of Christ. I'm not leaving out the apostles and the prophets because they first have to bring the direction, the blueprint, the vision, the, the change that they see from God. But it's the implementation of the other three key fivefold ministers within the body of Christ to make significant change within their congregation. If your congregation doesn't grow, okay. If you're looking for numbers, you're looking in the wrong place. If you're looking to pontificate a great message from your platform every week and people come up to you and say, great message, you delivered it with such power. I w it was awesome, the, the wording and the language you, you used. You know what? If you're getting accolades for that, you missed it. But if your heart is beating and bleeding and crying out for your community and for your region and for your state or country, wherever it may be, wherever in the world that you are, then you will take the initiative as a shepherd, as a teacher, and that you will begin to connect with those in your care, those that you can see with great potential and that you will raise them up and launch them out, not to start another church, not to be a missionary to the outermost parts of the world, which if some are called to that, then release them to it. But not all are called to that. But you will raise them up to do the very assignment upon their life because you recognize who they are and you'll raise them up and you will bring to them every piece of the puzzle that they need as they're in your care, so that they can begin this journey. There are too many people within the body of Christ sitting, complacent, sitting in a religious environment. Because if we taught the kingdom, then the religious mindset would be pushed out the window and we would be detoxed from this way of thinking. 
But the environment that is infused with the kingdom inspires people to take a hold of everything that God has positioned them to do. It shed off the grave clothes and it inspires them to be actively engaged in pursuing a career, a job, a profession, an assignment that God is dreaming within them and through them to accomplish major change in every arena that they become involved in. I can tell you this without even stepping inside any one of your churches, that there are people within that congregation that have significant things to do in their lives and wherever God plants them. Stop allowing them to sit and do nothing, or stop just using them with their gifts and talents within the church and not seeing the vision that they have outside of it. This is a revolving circle, a revolving door. This is, this is a double vision, not a, not a die vision, not a division, but a double vision that those that come into your care and into your stead, those that have given their life to Christ and have learned and and sit under your tutelage to be taught the word of God, to follow the vision of the house of God, that they have at times set aside everything to follow the vision of the house. There should be a reoccurrence. There should be a giving back saying, what's your vision? I'm standing before you and presenting the vision of this house. What is your vision in your life? How can it help further the Great Commission? How can it help further us network with other churches? How can it help further you as an individual to grow in life and to do the very purpose and destiny you were assigned to do? It's a two-way street, ladies and gentlemen. And if we don't take a hold of this, In this particular epoch of time, when there is so much going on, where there is tremendous opportunity right now for us to influence and impact culture, to influence and make a difference, to come alongside, to to take off our religious garb, stop declaring before people Thus saith the Lord in the King James Version, but go alongside the CEO and say, I have a great idea. I think if we do this and we do that, then that may turn around your bottom line. That may uh, restructure the way of the workflow within this factory, within this profession, within uh, within this hospital, within this accounting company, within this lawyer, governmental, political mayoral house, (laughs) place, whatever. That's the word of the Lord. It doesn't have to have a, though I say unto thee, and thus saith the Lord, and you're going to scare them off. Be real. Learn the language of Babylon. Speak what they want to hear, but deliver it with a kingdom authenticity and change lives, change communities, change culture, and do something with your life. Because one day, you're going to have to give an account for it. 
So to the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, you have a lot of work to do. It's time to reflect. It's time to look at your vision. Because if it's solely about what you feel and what you see, even though you're going to title it, God has told me this, you're only seeing part of it. Because there are people that are in your care that also have a vision. Do not require them to set it aside to follow yours. Come alongside them and girder up their vision because it's going to help you with yours. Because as a collective community of believers, we move as a body. We move as a special forces unit. We move succinctly. We make a difference and we can impact culture and make a difference. Amen? I think that's enough, right? I appreciate you listening. And for those of you who have jumped from Facebook onto my website, thank you. Thank you for listening. And it may only be a handful of you, but if you like what you've heard, connect with me and pass this message on to others that you may know that could benefit from hearing it as well. We'll take care of yourselves. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Destiny Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Paul Barrett. I want to encourage you to stay involved with us and continue the conversation online by going to our Facebook page, The Destiny Tribe. You can also visit us at www.thedestinytribe.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast series, please make sure that you subscribe to it. Thank you.